Hey, Mama. If you are a mom and are tired of the wash, rinse, repeat burnout cycle of motherhood, this podcast is for you. If you feel lonely and isolated in your motherhood journey, this podcast is for you. If you feel like you have completely lost your identity since your babies were born, this podcast is for you. If you feel like every other mom has it together except for you, this podcast is for you. My name is Amanda, and I'm a life coach dedicated to teaching every mom the tools she needs to liberate herself off the back burner. I am living proof that a woman can be present and loving to her kids while also being a whole ass person outside of being that kid's mom. The secret? Learning when to say fuck it. Hello, my beautiful mamas. Uh, We are at the end of February, and I'm not quite sure how that happened this month. I feel like I blinked and it's just over. (laughs) Um, Then again, I feel like that about most months. I don't know. Maybe I'm just old. I think this is what old people do, right? Just like... (laughs) I feel like such a parent right now complaining about the, how fast time flies, but it does. Um, I really enjoyed this self-love series that I did this month. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Um, and I hope you've been working on loving yourselves. It's so vitally important because at the end of the day, we only really have ourselves. We never know what life is going to throw at us. We can't control what other people think or feel or decide to do. The only thing that we can control, the only ball that's truly ever in our court is us. Um, so I want to, I want to know how that's been going for you guys. How has your journey to start loving yourself? How has that been going? Have you been trying? If you haven't, why not? If you did start, why, why did you start now? How's it been going? Let me know. Uh, You can comment on anything in social media, slide into my DMs. You can email me uh, anything. My email is fuckitmothering at gmail.com. That's F-C-K-I-T mothering at gmail.com. And you can email me anytime about anything, any topics you want covered, or just if you're struggling or just say hi, I'd love to hear from you guys. But today, for our final episode in this series of self-love, I've decided to get super vulnerable with you guys. I'm going to share a story um, that's like, I'm super nervous. I'm really nervous right now (laughs) recording this. Uh, I don't have my notes like usual. I'm just just going to talk to you guys. Um, But it's hard. It's hard to share this uh, story because... It's still really real for me. Um, but I just, I can't stop thinking about how perfect, um, it is for the ending of this. Um, so I'm going to share a story of how I am learning because I'm still in the midst of learning how to do this, learning how to love someone in a romantic way who doesn't love you back. Um, and why this pertains to self-love because it does, I promise. So I am a single mom, which everybody knows. I, um, 
our divorce was finalized in 2020, 21. My God, my memory. 21, I think. Doesn't matter. I don't know why. That doesn't matter. Uh, I've been divorced. So, um, yeah, I've been on my own. I was in a relationship after my divorce and um, then completed that relationship as well. And I've just been single and I've been really enjoying it, honestly. Um, like after the last re relationship I was in completed, I had this realization of like, I haven't been alone since I was 19. I, um, that's when I had met my, um, the father of my kids and we were together for two years and then got married. I got married when I was 21. Um, so I, I just haven't been single. I haven't been by myself and, um, we got married so young and that was really when that's the time, like, you know, your early twenties when you're really getting to know yourself. Um, and I didn't have that. And then I jumped straight into motherhood. I had my first kid when I was 22. Um, so that period of, of time in my life, um, when most people are living their life and figuring themselves out, I was turning myself off in order to fulfill the needs of my family. I was taking care of my kids. I was taking care of my then husband. Um, so I, I never had time to, to figure myself. I did, I could have, I could have, but I didn't. Um, so I've just been enjoying being single, um, truly, truly at peace with this choice and enjoying it. Like I just have been discovering new things about myself and, um, making myself nice dinners when it's just me. That was hard because when my kids are with their dad, I go into like bachelor mode or <laughs> I have like PB and J's for dinner. Like just <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not going to cook for just one person. But then I was like, but why, why shouldn't I cook a good meal just for like, just for me, just that's not nice. You know, like I would never say that to someone that I love, like I'm not going to cook dinner just for you. So I started working on that mindset and there are like during the week when I'm working, um, running your own businesses, crazy busy. <laughs> I do still eat quite a few peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm not going to lie, but I make a point to make myself a nice dinner on usually Friday night, sometimes Saturday night, like basically throw a little date night for myself. Um, I've, oh, I've been good about buying myself flowers and, um, but then also I started like writing notes to myself, like encouraging notes. Cause my, uh, primary love language is, um, words of affirmation. And then second one is acts of service. Um, and so whenever I'm in a relationship, I'm always, I would always leave, you know, little notes of encouragement for my partner to find or, you know, randomly text them something, um, because that's just, that's how I speak love. And I realized I wasn't doing that really for myself. Um, and so I, when I was like out in the world, like pounding the pavement, doing really big, vulnerable things in uh, promoting my business, I, before, as I was leaving the house, I 
purposefully stuck a post-it note on the garage door for future me to find when I got home from doing all that big vulnerable stuff saying, I am so fucking proud of you, Amanda. Because I was, I asked myself like, okay, what would I do for my partner if they were doing all this stuff, you know? And so just exploring deeper ways to love myself and to pour into myself the way that I have been pouring into other people my whole life. Um, so yes, being single has been a gift, honestly. Um, I'm not looking to be in a relationship at all. So color me shocked. (laughs) Uh, last October when I discovered I had a crush on somebody. Um, so my kids are dancers and the oldest two are competitive dancers and our studio requires, uh, that they go to a dance convention once a year, um, where they get taught by, uh, professional dancers. So professional choreographers, professional people who actually like are out in the real world making a living from dance. Um, they do these conventions for these kids and teach them classes and routines. And it's just an opportunity for them to grow and expand and get taught by people who are out there doing it in the real world. Um, and we've gone to this convention, you know, quite a few times it's out of state, but, but drivable distance for us. Um, and I don't know why, but (laughs) I felt, I just felt an urge to pull one of the instructors aside, um, on the last day in October to thank, to thank them for, um, being, doing something for my oldest daughter during our first convention, which was, you know, a few years back. And, um, I, again, I don't know why, cause I was just like, I'm not going to remember this at all, but it was just like, no, um, I need to, I need to tell her and her, um, more on that in a bit, but, uh, yeah, I just, I pulled her aside and I was just like, I just want to thank you because, um, my kid on her first convention during her first year of competition, (laughs) she came here and was like all gung ho on, getting one of your scholar, one of the scholarships for this convention and, you know, being picked out and all that stuff. Um, she's very Hermione Granger like that, but I was trying to encourage her to just like, just have fun kid, just learn, you know, don't focus on that stuff. Um, because it was her first year and she did not get a scholarship or anything like that. And she was heartbroken. So after the awards, um, that time she, all the other kids had come back and all the moms were just so first like tangent, (laughs) all the moms were just standing against the back wall with jackets and bags in hand. We were like ready to fucking hit the road because it's, it's a long drive for us. It's like six hours. Um, (laughs) and all the kids were like, up in the front, sitting down on the floor, like all eager beaver waiting to hear all the awards and the names and all the shit. Um, and all the other kids came back except Eowyn. And I was like, where's Eowyn? And, um, one of someone from our studio had told me like, Oh, she's over there crying. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) she was just sitting on the, on the floor sobbing because she was so upset. Um, and so I sat next to her and I was encouraging her. And, um, this woman came you know, one of the instructors came and sat down next to her on the floor and sat and encouraged and consoled my, at the time, how old was she? 10, nine, eight, 
<laughs> seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I don't know. Somewhere between eight and 10. Um, but she didn't need to do that. Uh, she's a pretty big deal in the dancing world. She's like worked with legit celebrities on tour and all like all this stuff. She's made a name for herself and, um, she didn't need to do that. She could have just, uh, did what everyone else was doing, which was just, you know, oof, crying kid. That is not mine. I'm going to turn this way and walk away. But she didn't, um, because she's a very kind, compassionate heart. And so I just wanted to thank her for that. Cause I was like, you know, you didn't need to do that. Um, and it really just stuck with me all these years. Um, I just wanted to thank you for being such a kind, warm, like good human, just down to earth, good human, despite being so talented. And she got so, um, emotional about what I was saying that she just like launched into this huge hug. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was just the strangest thing because, you know, when, um, when your body gets used to what it feels like to hug someone that you, that's in your life for a long period of time, someone you love very deeply, um, so that you could be blindfolded and they could walk up to you very silently and give you a hug and you would know exactly who they are without saying anything, right? Because your body just knows them. Um, yeah, that was the feeling that I got when she hugged me. Um, my body just said, Oh, it's you. And it didn't make any sense at, at all because first of all, I'm happily single. Like I said, I do sincerely mean that. I still mean that. Um, not looking for a relationship at all. Two, I'm not a lesbian. Um, not that there's anything wrong with lesbians. I don't really give a shit what you, who you choose to love. That's, uh, that's on you, not me. I don't care. Um, and I don't know this woman at all. But my body said, oh, it's you. Um, and I remember distinctly the moment, you know, she said goodbye and left. And I was just left with these feelings. <laughs> and I sat down on the floor and I was like, okay, I have two choices here. I can either say, this is really weird and makes no sense. And I'm just going to push it down and ignore it and keep going on with my life. Or I can choose to keep it and explore it because why not? <laughs> um, so I chose, I chose the latter option of why not? And ultimately after thinking about it, uh, my conclusion was love feels really good, right? Out of all of the sensations that we have in our bodies, love is the best one all of the, the positive sensations. Um, I think love is the best one. It's warm and it fills you up and it, it feels so good. So why would I choose to not feel love just because the soul that it was like guiding me to was wrapped in a different package than I expected? Cause that's all boiled down to, right? I, this soul that I love and I'm attracted to is just wrapped in a different package than I was expecting. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I need a drink of water. <sighs> so. <laughs> this is the part where I struggle with like not seeming like a crazy person. I've done so much work on myself, you guys, and I'm being vulnerable, being brave. Keep going, Amanda. Okay. So I went home and couldn't stop thinking about her. And so I decided, fuck it. I decided to <laughs> reach out to her in a DM on Instagram. Um, as I said, she's like actually legit in the dancing world. She's, you know, got the blue check mark. Um, I couldn't tell if she saw the DM or not. It doesn't have the red scene, you know, all that shit that normal Instagram accounts have. And I was like, oh, wait, she might never see it. What if she never checks it? What if she just has an assistant who filters through it? Like, who knows if she's ever going to read it? And if she doesn't, then does that count? Is me actually like being vulnerable and brave and putting myself out there? Uh. Um, and I had an opportunity to uh, sign my kids up for the next date of this convention in a different state. And I was like, I kind of want to go. <laughs> You guys, this is so not me at all, at all. I've never done anything like this before at all. I'm very much more of the, I'm just going to be this like, you know, <laughs> this romantic person and just like fantasize about all these things in my head and wait for Prince Charming you know, to come prancing into my life. Uh, but I'm just not that person anymore. And I'm committed to becoming the woman that I see in my mind's eye. Um, and Susan Hyatt, who is another life coach and she's fucking brilliant. If you haven't heard of her, you should look her up because she's amazing. Um, but she's always saying, I want to be the woman with the stories not the regrets. And the first time I heard that, I was like, fuck yes, that's my life motto. Like I want to be the one with the stories. And if I'm going to regret something, it's because it's, it's like that Lucille Ball quote. I'd rather regret the things I did than the things that I didn't. That's fine. I'm fine with the regretting of the things that I did. I am not okay anymore with regretting the things that I didn't do. So I chose to be crazy, probably crazy, but wildly brave. Let's go with wildly brave instead because <laughs> it sounds better. And it's the truth. It's the truth. Um, and I, I was honest with my kids too. I pulled them aside and I told them exactly what was going on with me, which was a whole like other discussion, right? Um, and they were kind of like, oh, um, this is new. And they had to like process, um, because I was, I said like, this is why I want to go to this next convention. I would be essentially using you guys as like an entry ticket into this convention so that I could like put myself out there 
to this woman who's very likely going to reject me. You want to go? <laughs> um, and after they were done processing, they were like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Cause they're just awesome. Uh, so I did it. I signed them up for another convention, which, okay, that's fucking nuts. That's fucking nuts because I had already survived the mandatory one. I don't know if any of you are dance moms listening to this, but the conventions are not fun for the parents. You sit in a convention center all weekend long for what and watch your kids do six hours of fucking dance class with a tiny lunch break. So it's not even enough time for you to like go get some real food. You have to just pack sandwiches, you know, from the hotel room. You have to make, it's just awful. <laughs> it's just awful. I don't enjoy this. Like sitting on the floor of a convention center for a weekend, my hips and back already survived the first one. Here I am like choosing, volunteering as tribute to do it again. Love makes you crazy. <laughs> but I knew I would have got it if I didn't do it. So, oh, thanks. I, if you guys are li just listening to this and you can't see the video, my bangs are just long and I was futzing with them and complaining about my bangs. Uh, anyways, I'm not distracted. You're distracted. So my kids said yes. Um, and... Yeah. So signed him up, bought the plane tickets. Cause this one was too far to drive to. And I was just laughing at myself. I'm like, this is fucking nuts. This is a very expensive way to like be embarrassed. This is a very expensive exercise and embarrassment, Amanda, <laughs> but we were doing it. Um, and then the shit started hitting the fan like a week later because realized that in my haste of scheduling it and booking the flights, because I just wanted to like get it done as fast as possible so that I didn't talk myself out of it. And then we realized that uh, there were two huge scheduling errors. First one was my oldest daughter, Eowyn, had a singing concert event that same weekend. And this was a concert that she had to audition for. So it was kind of a big deal for her and she didn't rightfully didn't want to miss it. And number two, their father was going to be in California that whole week. And like, I needed him to watch the other 50% of the children. <laughs> And so my initial thought was, holy shit, Amanda, this is why we don't do crazy shit. Okay. You're a mom and you're being totally irresponsible, like wreaking all this havoc in your kids' lives because you're caught up in, you know, this little crush and you're just, just thinking about yourself and being selfish, like just totally went down that whole trail. And then I calmed down and I was like, okay, I could choose to think all that shit or I could choose to think, okay, these are just obstacles to overcome and that's it. And I overcame them. So what we did was we swapped Laurelin for Eowyn because TSA doesn't actually require 
like photo identification for children. They just check. They just ask them, what's your name? Sometimes they'll ask their age. Sometimes they'll ask their birthday, but that's it. <laughs> so I decided Aria was going to be Aon and Laurelyn was going to be Aria and it was going to be fine. And then I um, texted one of my best friends out here and I hadn't said any of this to her. She had no idea what was going on with me and all my feelings. <laughs> so I just gave her this lump of a text and now I have something in my eye. I'm sorry, guys. This podcast is a mess. This is what happens when I don't, you know, have it all written out and typed out. So if any of you are like complaining that I look at my notes too much when I'm recording, it's either that or this. So now you get to really decide which bugs you more. And I don't really care which one it is because I'm going to do it my own way because it's my show and my podcast. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Anyways, I texted one of my best friends and I, it was this huge like novel of a text where I just laid, I laid it all out for her. I was like, look, I developed feelings for this random dance instructor and I decided that I need to tell her how I feel. So I booked for the next convention and booked the flight and then realized that, you know, these scheduling things, a has this concert and their dad isn't going to be in town. Can, if you guys are around and if you're willing to, can you please take 50% of my children, even though you have three children of your own? <laughs> And this is why I love this woman so much. She was just like, uh, let me check with my husband, but yeah, we're around, so it should be fine. And then, yeah, she ended up taking uh, my oldest and my youngest <laughs> without any questions. Like she did not question anything at all because she knew that she would get all the details eventually whenever we had a chance to have like mom time without any of our kids around. Um, like that is true love. That is true. Like, uh, what is the word, the phrase it's, uh, oh my God, my brain is going blank. Conditional, unconditional love right there because she just had my back instantly. Didn't need the explanation. Wasn't going to question my motives or my desires or like what I was doing with my life. Wasn't questioning if I had lost my goddamn mind. She was just like, bitch, I got you. Everyone needs that friend, the bitch I got you friend. And I am so lucky that I have more than one of the bitch I got you friends. Anyways, so we were going and we went. And then the time came where I had to put my money where my mouth was. The moment had arrived and I was terrified and I wanted nothing more than to just like say, never mind. But I was like, no, we did not come this far and do all this crazy stuff and pay all this money to like, pussy out at the end. We're doing it. Even if it's fucking terrifying, which it was, this is like the fuck, scariest fucking thing I've ever done in my life, but I did it. And she polite passed. 
which I knew she was going to. I knew that. And it still hurts so, so much, but she was very, so compassionate and so generous still. And before she walked away from me, still, she said, I hope you're really proud of yourself because this was really ballsy. Like this was really brave. <laughs> um, and I was proud of myself. And I also simultaneously wanted to just crawl in a hole and hide for a month. <laughs> so all of that like lead up to get to the actual point of this podcast 27 minutes in, which is I now have been carrying love for someone for months who I know without a shadow of a doubt doesn't feel the same way for me. It has been uh, the biggest exercise and thought work that I've <laughs> endeavored. Um, it's been really illuminating and eye-opening and um, pushed me to grow in so many ways, right? Um, because so many of us treat love very conditional. It's very much like my love depends on what you can do for me, either emotionally or intellectually or physically or practically, right? But if that person, whether it's a friend or a family member or, you know, a romantic partner, especially, but no matter the relationship, our love usually depends on, okay, what are you going to do for me? And if you stop doing those things, probably going to stop love you, stop loving you. Right. Um, and so I am in this position again, where, um, I have this love for this person and I, she does nothing for me but in any sort of way. We have no relationship whatsoever. And yet I'm sitting here choosing to love her. And I realized I've, I went through my journal before, um, hopping on here just to reread all of the entries, you know, surrounding this, um, to refresh everything. And I think I might just share, I know I said I wasn't going to read anything in this episode and here I am. So yeah, I was having a really rough day where I was just like so miserable because it's hard. It's hard to have such a strong desire and have it not be fulfilled. It's hard to wrestle with loving someone who doesn't love you back. Um, it's challenging everything that I thought I knew about love. And so I have times when I'm like, this is really fucking miserable. And I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. I don't know if this is actually like good for me. Um, and then I, I sit and do work on it. So, um, this was one of the days when I was suffering. And then I went back and listened to two different episodes from the Unfuck Your Brain podcast with Carl Owenthal. I know I mentioned that podcast like every other podcast here at Fuck It Mothering because it fucking changed my life. Um, if you haven't yet, 
please go check her out. She's amazing. I will try to find the episodes I'm talking about and link them here. If I'm, I should write myself a note about that so I don't forget. But, um, anyways, they were about, um, learning how to appreciate unfulfilled desire because she made the point of like the desire is like the good part. That's what like feels so good, but it's such a strong feeling that we just push ourselves to fulfill that desire as soon as possible. Right. But then once it's fulfilled, the desire goes away. And so she was arguing like, can we learn to live and live in and also enjoy unfulfilled desire? which is such an interesting concept. And that's what I've been working on. And also, um, her, one of her episodes on love and how no one else can feel your love, which I fucking experienced in the flesh (laughs) in my own life. Right. I was standing in front of this woman, like sharing all of my feels, being so vulnerable and feeling so much love for her. And she didn't feel the same way. And I had struggled so much with that, that, that night, even though I was like, I know logically that my love is for me, but how could she not feel it when I'm standing there? Uh. (laughs) And then I, it, it just took one thought to make that pity party just go completely away, which was, wait, this has nothing to do with her and everything to do with me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if she reciprocates it. It doesn't matter if she fully understands like the depth of what I'm feeling and what like the, this grand gesture that I did just to have the opportunity to talk to her and like share this with her. It doesn't matter because I see it. I see how amazing I am in, in doing this and making this grand gesture and pushing myself out way, way outside my comfort zone and, and risking such a a in-person huge, like rejection. Um, it was, it was, it pushed me, I pushed myself into such a vulnerable position and I did it with reckless abandon. And I just had this moment where I was like, Amanda, I am so proud of you. And I see all that you did. And I, I see all the love that you have. And I am really proud of you because that's what it was all about. Anyways, back to the day that I was going back to like suffering and stuff. Um, I realized, I realized my suffering was not stemming from my love because I was talking about how, um, you know, is this actually good for me? Is this like serving me to hold on to this love when I have such intense ebb, like the ebb and flow of just living in the love and feeling the joy of it and like letting that fuel me. And then also uh, just the suffering of like, oh, this hurts. <laughs> um, but I realized my suffering was not from my love. It was stemming from my resistance of my love and my thoughts that I am worse off without her in my life. Okay. 
And I said, last night and this morning, I was telling myself that I couldn't stop thinking about her as if my love was an outside force that was making me feel miserable and I had no control. But of course, none of that is true. I control my thoughts always. The only reason I thought I should stop thinking about her was because there was a shame monster hiding in the back whispering, you are so pathetic. She doesn't want you. Why are you wasting your love on her? You're going to be stuck loving someone who doesn't love you forever. You're going to choose to be alone with fake happiness that only exists inside your head and become a crazy person. Shame monster is mean, guys. Like she's so, so mean. (laughs) This then caused the thought that I should stop thinking about her so that my love can start fading away. But giving into that led me into the suffering of resisting because my truth is that I want to love her. The truth is I would have to change my thoughts about her in order to stop loving her because my thoughts about her are what's creating the love. And I don't want to change those thoughts. I think she's a wonderful person. I also think that love feels amazing. We love people who aren't actively a part of our lives all the time. The only reason why we get hung up on experiencing love for someone we would like to date when they do not share our feelings is because we think that we only have a limited amount of love to feel from our romantic love tank. Them not loving us back means there is something wrong with us. And the simple belief that we should not love someone who doesn't love us back. I just rocked everything. (laughs) Sorry for the earthquake that just happened. If you're watching this on video, but I usually have my notes like on uh, the computer and I'm reading from my journal, which by the way, like how awesome is this? If you're just listening, it's a picture of a cactus and it says free hugs on it. (laughs) This is me in a picture right here. Anywho. Back to my journal entry that I'm reading to the world. I'm crazy. But my love is for me. My thoughts about her are what are creating love for her. I don't want to change my thoughts of her. It does not make me pathetic to keep this love. On the contrary, it makes me incredibly brave. I'm choosing the hard path of learning how to love for the sake of love instead of because of what someone else does for me. Of learning to enjoy the pleasure of desire for the sake of pleasure instead of only what my desire can do for me. In other words, satisfying the desire. Keeping my love for her does not mean that I will be incapable of loving someone else. I think Kara is right in that all love is equal. Romantic love isn't a special unicorn. Love is love expressed and experienced a million different ways because of how we think about it. So here I am, (laughs) Uh, loving someone who doesn't love me back and how this all ties into self-love. I would not be able to do this if I did not love myself. I would not be able to 
have with to withstand um, that kind of a rejection if I didn't love myself. My love is for me. It's for me to feel, not for her, not for anyone else. It's only for me. I'm the only one who can feel it. And all of the shame monster thoughts that have come up during this time, um, the shame of feeling pathetic for continuing to to love her, even though she doesn't reciprocate, like that has caused me to do such deep work on myself. And if I didn't love myself, I would not be able to do that work. If I didn't love myself truly and deeply, I would be spiraling in shame. I would be numbing and buffering and trying to make it go away. I would be looking for outside validation, someone else to affirm, oh, she's crazy because you're amazing. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't think she's crazy. I also don't think that I'm crazy or pathetic. Um, you can be the juiciest peach in the world and there's still going to be people in the world who don't like peaches. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice like cracked a little bit. I'm not sure if that actually recorded. So I'm going to try saying that again. You can be the most delicious peach in the world. And there's still going to be people who don't like peaches. It's not that they're bad people and it's not that you're a bad peach. It's not that they should like peaches. Uh, they're perfectly entitled to not. It's okay. She's not a bad person and I'm not a crazy person. Both can be true at the same time. And I can still choose to keep my love for her through everything, through all of it. And I'm choosing to do that because love feels good. So why would I not want to feel it? So I think that's all. I think that's all for this one. I, I felt like it was important to share it and I hope that it inspires you and it helps you in your own journey of loving yourself and your journey of, um, just realizing what love is actually for. Love isn't there for someone else to validate you or to make you feel worthy. You already are worthy. You're worthy because you exist. And the only validation you ever need is your own. And when you know that, and when you truly love yourself, then you're in a position to love someone cleanly. Like what I mean by that is you won't love them for what they do for you. You'll love them because you're choosing to love them because the thoughts that you have of them create the sensation in your body that is love. And it's not because they always take the trash out and they massage your feet every Friday night or just, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, those things are always nice, obviously, but it's, it's not, your love isn't, doesn't stem from what they do for you. It's a choice that you make 
because of the type of person they are. Um, it's because they're kind and compassionate and fully themselves. They're the perfect weird to match your weird. <laughs> I don't really have a good button to close this up because I'm winging it, which is also scary and vulnerable for me. And I hope this episode isn't like a hot mess expressive thoughts and opinions. But again, I felt it was important to share this one with you guys. So I'm going to end it before I ramble anymore. I hope you guys have a fabulous day. Never shy away from love. And choose to be the woman with the stories, not the regrets. If you're going to regret something, let it be something that you've done, not something you didn't do. See you next Sunday. This is why I do notes. I forgot about a part that I wanted to tie in to this whole story. And this is why I do notes. This is why I just write it out as a story and then retell that story to you guys. <laughs> because otherwise you're going to get this and this episode is going to be a mess. And when I edit it later tonight, I'm going to want to punch myself in the tit. <sighs> Anyways. Um, there was another journal entry where I was like processing something. Um, this whole, is it harming me? Right. Is it, am I better off or worse off holding on to this love dynamic? Um, I realized, um, because I, the main emotion was just sadness, really sadness. I was sad. I, the parts of a relationship that I do miss desperately are the cuddling and the kissing. Like I really miss making out like obviously sex. Okay, fine. Sex, but kissing. I love just making out, even if it doesn't lead to anything else. It usually always does, but you know what I mean? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I was just thinking about that and just feeling sad because I'm like, oh, I really wish I had a partner to cuddle with and just make out. Um, and so I went, I was going back to the, is this truly good for me or not? But I realized sadness is not harm because I was in earlier in this entry, I was like, do no harm. That's what I keep telling myself, like, do no harm. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm longing for someone I love, which is a perfectly normal part of the human experience. I'm not harming myself. Even if I let go of my love for her, I would not escape sadness. I would just be sad over different things. At least this way, my sadness has the intense warmth of my love for her as a companion. You can never escape the human experience. There is no exit ramp. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, I feel so much better. I'm not driving myself crazy, right? Because I would, I would just be sad over something else if I chose to change my, my thoughts about her so that I didn't love her. I would just be sad over something else. You can never escape the human experience. The human experience is always 50, 50 guys. It's going to be 50% positive emotions and 50% negative emotions. But regardless of the emotion, it's just a sensation in your body.
and it's okay. You're going to survive it. I survived it. And today I don't feel sad, mostly because my sister's in town and we're going to spend the rest of the day together until the kids get out of school. That's all. Future Amanda, later tonight, Amanda, have fun editing this mess. Are you living your best wild one life? You're not? Why the fuck not? What are you waiting for? The time to live is now, mama. Click the link in my show notes to set up your free 30-minute coaching and consultation so you can experience how life coaching can change your life. You've put yourself off long enough. It's time to pour into you. Join the community of Fuck It Moms by following me on Instagram and Facebook at Fuck It Mothering. That's fuck without the U. So F-C-K it mothering. Make sure you subscribe to my channel so you never miss your weekly encouragement. And please rate, review, comment, and share. All of these things help with the algorithms so that way when other overwhelmed moms are looking for encouragement, they can find me. Every month, I give away one of my favorite books to a lucky winner. All you have to do to enter is write a review or tag me in social media when you share an episode. See you next Sunday, gorgeous.